Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. Woo! I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez. And today we're joined by... Ryan Houlihan. Hello. Yay. Yes. Oh my gosh. So excited. Today's pair of episodes are um, an iconic pair that do a lot for the show. So I'm just like so excited to discuss them. And we we have to discuss Bianca Lawson's flawless aging process. <laughs> We're like backwards. The aging. Actual vampire Bianca <laughs> yeah. Lawson. Actual vampire Bianca Lawson. Starring actual vampire Bianca Lawson. Stepsister of Beyonce. We need yeah. to know. Oh no, half, oh no, stepsister. Stepsister yeah. of I Beyonce. I always confuse step and half. Me too, yeah. <laughs> That's such a weird one. One it's okay to sleep with. <laughs> One I watch a lot of porn about. One, one is a Sean Cody video. <laughs> the other one is a video that ends up in a court. <laughs> um, and well, so we're gonna discuss once more feeling, or once more feeling. Jesus, what's my line? But Ryan, we want to know your Buffy origin. How did you first hear about it? What was the first episode you saw? Who told you about it? So I was very into like TV as like, like I was, <laughs> I loved TV. I was really into like the WB's like whole like world, but Buffy was a show that I like just didn't come across. Like Charmed was more accessible. And yeah. then I was in a blockbuster standing with my mom and I had just made a bunch of babysitting money and I was sitting right in front of me was the blue DVD case. <laughs> and I was like, this bitch is great. <laughs> and I like bought it and I was like, let's just see. And I watched the DVDs in like one night. And then I burned through season two and season three. And I think around like four-ish is when I like was like coming into it on TV. And I basically like lived in, like I was obsessive. <laughs> I lived and breathed. It was all I thought about. I would talk to my best friend at the time on the phone and he didn't watch the show and I would just talk to him about it for hours. <laughs> he didn't watch the show but I was like, and he was like, I'm really into Charmed and I was like, that's trash. Like, <laughs> I mean, I really feel like we have to have an episode one day about the Buffy Charmed rivalry because that's like something that consistently comes up and it was something I battled too. Like I brought someone, a friend of mine whose name was Nick, like I gave him all of my Buffy DVDs and he tried to have me watch Charmed. I was like, no, 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 this isn't no. a reciprocal relationship. Like you're not going to bring me to Charmed. I'm going to bring you from Charmed over to Buffy. You're going to graduate. Right. Because Charmed was about, it was like an improv game every week. They'd be like mermaids and then they would play the game for an hour and then it would be over. Buffy is about like characters who like develop. It has its own improv episodes, but... It has, especially this episode, these episodes we're about to discuss, they like have, they care about who these characters are. On Charmed, they were like, I don't know, she's sleeping with the devil. I don't know. <laughs> we're all witches. And this week we're going to talk about Snow White. It was just like weird. It was fun. It's a fun show, but it's not like you learned or grow, grew like as a storyteller or like as a person from yeah, watching it. Right. It's funny because like, so me and Matthew, both our moms got us into Buffy and my mom really liked Buffy and Charmed. And she'd be like, oh, they're both great. And I'd be like, no, they're not no. both great. <laughs> they're both great. They're both shows that are on the WB. Yeah. <laughs> and again, this is no shade. Charmed is a very fun experience. It's a fun thing, but it's not like prestige television. Yeah, right. I Listen, think that, Rose McGowan follows me on Twitter. I'm terrified she's going <laughs> to... I think that Charmed gets worse when it tries to be too serious. Anytime yeah. that Charmed is fun, it's good TV. And then towards the back two seasons, it tried to get too serious about yeah. itself. And then it actually like went down where it might be the opposite with Buffy like when Buffy is actually like doing the work it's really great and then like there are like comic relief episodes so that yeah. you're not constantly feeling like the existential <laughs> dread of the world well I think Buffy was a show that because of the title nobody took it seriously whereas Charmed was a show that because of the title people took it seriously like right. it was named kind of like Frozen like it wasn't called Three Witches it was like Charmed like we're yeah. gonna take this seriously um but I remember my dad like 
came to me at some point because I was a Buffy obsessive. It was like Britney, Buffy, and boys. It was like the <laughs> only things that mattered to me. And my dad came to me at some point and he was like, you know, I heard Howard Stern says he likes that show too. Must be pretty good. And it was like years <laughs> later and I was like, oh, he just now realized this might be a good television show. Good. That's Great. really funny that Howard Stern liked Buffy. Oh, he loved Buffy. So um, well, let's start talking about this episode. Yeah. So, um... Okay, the first opening scene. I forget where it opens. I've watched so much Buffy in the last I know, me too. two days. I'm like, this is the one where Miss Calendar dies, right? <laughs> no. Oh, so, I mean, obviously this is where Buffy like starts talking about career week and stuff like that. I think that this is a really interesting episode because, um, I mean, so much of Buffy is like, okay, she's like a 16-year-old girl and she has like this calling, blah, blah, blah. But like, this is the first episode where they actually like make her deal with the calling well prophecy girl is like that but this is basically like i think the, maybe that's one of the reasons i don't like that aspect of this episode is because joss and the writing crew take the calling versus job thing so seriously yeah in a way like i mean prophecy girl was all about like how she has this calling the and it's calling. gonna make her die and that's the most serious thing which is a big deal yeah but now it's like ooh, i might not be able to have a nine to five and like <laughs> i don't know that i was 16 and thinking about that right i think the first season was about accepting like who you are and then this episode was very Marty Noxon where it was like, you know, women can contain multitudes. And that like blew Buffy's mind by the end. She was like, I'm more than one thing. But I think the career test thing was a way for her to realize, I think, too, which is, they don't say it. I think it's sort of coded in the like, my destiny, my destiny. But I think she's like, oh, I'm going to die. And all of these kids think they're like immortal, not right. to be like a uh, vampire metaphor, ha ha ha. But they do think that they're immortal, they're going to live forever. I think she just had to realize at 16, like, I'm not. And like, maybe I'll wait tables, but like, what's my life amount to, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. But yeah. I do think, I will say, I noted here, the career test answers, not so far off. <laughs> like, Xander as a prison guard... I'm not saying he's a prison guard, but I do think, like, he is an assistant to, like, them. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's, like, in law enforcement, but not really. I can see him being one of the shittier guards in Orange is New Black. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is it? But wait, no, he goes into construction. Sure, sure. No, I don't mean, like, it, it actually... I mean, like, in their destinies in the larger oh, sense. Right, right, right. Like, he sort of functions as this, like... He's helping them maintain things. Like, he's always cleaning up the house at the mess and, like, c yeah. kind of doing maintenance for the people who are, like, executing justice. Right. Buffy, obviously, law enforcement. And then Willow does go on to be, like, a mega Nova super powerful, like, d I don't know if we're spoiling things, change yeah, the yeah. world. You well, know, it's like, interesting. I was thinking about, as I was watching this episode, I was thinking about Willow's trajectory, right? And, like, so she's very, I mean, the show kind of has to retcon it a little bit with her because... They make her out to be a genius, and then she kind of just, like, goes to UC Sunnydale instead of, like, Oxford or Columbia, <laughs> and then they kind of have to, like, dull her down to just be, like, a really book-smart person. Yeah. Like, like, they make her out to be, like, she can do anything and be, like, a super genius. I mean, and that's also, why they sit down with her and Oz. Right. And it's also really funny when you think about, I mean, I know this is jumping ahead, but she, in, the, in season three, she's like... I want to stay in Sunnydale to help people. It's like, girl, you're not going to help people. You're going to become a lesbian and have a drug problem. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't we all kind of think we were going to help people? <laughs> we all do that. <laughs> True. <laughs> Too real. Um, one thing I did notice in this episode that was super weird is, did they post career test results in public? Yes. Everyone so can look weird. at it. Literally, Sunnydale High does everything the stupidest way possible. <laughs> there's a shooting in this episode that's never addressed. Literally, there's a school shooting where a cop 
shoots at a young student. And hits a student. And hits a student. Like, and we never bring up Oz being shot again. I feel like if I got shot in my high school, I would never stop talking <laughs> like, about literally, it. Literally, they'd be like, there goes Ryan. Ryan only talks about that time he was shot. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, like, hi, I was the kid who was shot in the year. Like, if I were writing the episode, I'd be like, well, Oz now has a multi-year arc where he's suing um, <laughs> yeah. Sunnydale, yeah. Sunnydale School System for millions of dollars <laughs> because he got shot as a student there. By, like, a guest they welcomed into the yeah, school. Yeah, because someone who wasn't actually a cop, they just pretended to be and got into the school. That was... Also, so, they never... This is a weird thing with... Like, what do they call that order? The three of them? Three assassins? Taraka. Taraka. Which sounds way too close to Turrican. Yes. Which is the Uber vans. <laughs> yeah. If I were in the writing room, I'd be like, guys, that sounds exactly like what we came up with like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you not? But at that point, there's, so, there's such a laundry list of stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like... It, th- that feels very season one, where it's like, oh, we're just gonna say there's an order of something and have these. And what are these coming. people that she like? Like when she okay, so at one point we're jumping ahead, but she kills that guy with her ice skates. <laughs> he was just a guy, right? <laughs> like, no, I don't he think had that. I thought he was supernatural because he had that white eye and he had like that. So like a false eye does not prove that it's okay for her to kill him. Yet. I was you know just what I mean? about to say, Ryan, that at least that cop, they never like clarify if she's a human or not because she seems like a human i think that guy is a demon he almost reminds me of like a more humanoid looking version of those bikers that come through at the beginning okay of yeah, yeah 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 but and he like growls he vaguely. looks a little inhuman but I most also, people do <laughs> I, also, I, I also so i mean let's just talk about the taraka for a while well yeah. instead of maybe going in order we can at least talk about things in groups so the taraka i think are really weird like they wig um giles out so much and they do just keep coming and coming, but really the three we get are so stupid. Like, it's one guy yeah. who she kills with... I mean, that's actually one of the like best Buffy kills. you could hire kills. vampires and probably right. get a better result. Yeah. That's one of the best Buffy kills is when she slashes that guy with, I, a, yeah. with an ice skate. But, um... And they're still it's just, perfectly it's clean. It's just, like, a female cop who just looks mad. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, how does Bug Guy kill people? He just goes to bugs. Well, I was gonna say, that's the lame... I have in my notes that that is a very lame superpower, but the only reason it's so creepy is because they juxtapose it with, like, a makeup case. <laughs> like, suddenly I was like, oh, bugs on my face! Like, I don't know, like, it was like, I, I, I don't know. But the powers themselves suck. Like, turning into bugs, what is that? Right. It's like, I always say to Ian, it's like, if what, what, like, what would happen if the world of X-Men were real, but you had a really terrible power, and you're like, <laughs> me, I turn to bugs, and... Professor X is like, you can't be on the X-Men because you literally can't fight anyone when you're bugs. Like, that... I have metal eyelashes. <laughs> like, it's just like... The Sentinels will stop <laughs> It's literally, you have the worst power, you can't come to this school, go away. Because, like, that guy doesn't even defeat Cordelia and Xander on their no, own. I know. <laughs> All he does is make them run, and then he turns into bugs, and he can't do anything because he's bugs, and then they eventually... And not even bugs that can fly, maggots. And like... then, and then he, they say, you can only kill him when he's, like, in his disassembled form. Killing bugs is easier than killing a man. I've killed right? bugs. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I can do that. <laughs> right. I am the bug killer in my apartment, so, like, I am equipped to handle that. Do assessment. you think they had, like, three ideas for villains, and then they're like, we'll just put them together. We don't have to, like... <laughs> like, okay, we have a choice. She's either a killer lady cop, <laughs> a bug man, or, like, man with white eye. And like, you know what? Let's just do all of them. Let's call it the three. They're like, no, we used that last season. We can't call them the three. <laughs> Like, okay, they're called the Order of Taraka now. Yeah, so it's very season one, especially with how lame they are for being, like, big assassins that are supposed to, like, defeat Buffy. Um, Like you said, with the three. Like, it's just, like, those guys don't even defeat her at all. Um, Yeah. And then, so, they actually do go back to, what episode is it, where they, oh, and Lie to Me, 
the the vampire steals that book for Spike, mm-hmm. and that's like for this, right? Isn't that what it's for? Yeah, it's Dalton, the brainy guy, who's like trying to um, translate the text so that Drusilla can get her right. her strength back. Um, and I mean, yeah, but that's basically what they're doing it for. I loved when um, when she was like. In, she's she's in the graveyard. She sees him like taking the codex or whatever, like the cross or whatever. She le- she leaves, he leaves. She turns around like some guy. She fights him and then she turns around. And he's gone. But if you see the way that it's shot, like he was in the frame. She turns around. It like cuts cuts. He, you don't see him run away. Like he just <laughs> evaporates into smoke. I was like, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Um. So let's talk about Kendra. So I mean, let's yeah. talk about the way they br- introduce Kendra because they're really making her out to be like a villain because she's skulking and she's in the air and she's, she's an accent, air- which always means evil on this show. Right. Like <laughs> literally, has, like literally, they're like, "Ooh, she's black." That's probably means that she's trying to kill Buffy. And it's Aww. like, oh, okay, um, great, thank you, Joss. <laughs> um. But and what, I and what an accent it is. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but just. She's so amazing. <laughs> and so she tries to... So at first she is watching Buffy and Angel make out, which is yes. like a little weird. Mm-hmm. And then she obviously like throws Angel in that back room or whatever. Actually, you know what I love about this episode? Is it the introduction of Willie the Snitch? Yes. yes. This is the first time we see Willie. Willie the Snitch is only in like five Buffy episodes, but I feel like he's iconic. Same with Kendra. <laughs> 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 but like I feel like Willie the Snitch No, Willie's great. Willie I think is a little taste of like um it builds out the world, which Sunnydale like needed at this point yes. because it was a very like we're one Starbucks town and it was like slowly they had to realize that they were right. like bigger. They have like several college campuses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they have like um uh I, I don't know, just like landmarks. But there's like three hospitals. But um I think Willie is a good like <laughs> like Angel had a lot of this, like little details of yeah. how the world works. Um, it was like a finally like a nice little thing to be like, oh, okay, this is where vampires do like vampires. It seems like they're like in their crypt, they kill, they like in their crypt, like they have to have a bigger life, right? Um, well, I like that. I like. I really like Willie, and also he's human, which I think yeah. you don't expect him to be, but he's human. And then um, he comes in a little bit in season three, and I know he's in season four because that's when Riley goes to Willie's when he's having uh. his withdrawals from the drugs, and he like. Threatens to shoot an old woman. Yeah. And, but I'm not sure if Willie's, is Willie ever in the later season? I think in season five or six, they go there and he's not there. Yeah, there's like um, another guy who's like, I'm Willie's friend. And yeah. they're like, hi, Willie's friend. And, and I think in like answered. season seven, they might say, oh, we went to Willie's. We couldn't get any info. Yeah. yeah. It um, is, it is, you're right. I think that's one of the few things Angel did do better is by, like, showing more of that kind of stuff. Like, building the world out. Like, even the poker game, like, with kittens that yeah. Spike is in, that's, like, such a nice detail about the town. Yes. It, like, it feeds you for episodes and episodes to, like, imagine things. Yeah. Um, um, what, are you talk- what do you have next <laughs> on your list? Talk oh, about? I was gonna say about Kendra. Hold on. <laughs> Kendra, uh, accent is crazy. Yes. Um... I am Kendra. And I'm not making fun of a Jamaican accent. I'm making fun of Bianca Rawson's Jamaican accent at this moment in time. Was rough. Um, uh, But uh, the outfit was crazy. (laughs) Um, The outfit is so MC Hammer pants and like 
But also have to show it's like your pajamas, mid-range. but like the sexiest pajamas anyone ever wore. <laughs> and it's so funny. It's like, oh, this is my only outfit. I'm not allowed to talk to boys, and somehow I'm like this badass woman, but I'm still made to dress up with my midriff show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I feel like Kendra would be super modest. Like, yeah. why are you putting her with in the this? way she acts? She's like, hello, sir, and yeah. she's like dressed like a uh, Jasmine. Or I was like, <laughs> <She's> what? Ju- <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say she looks like I Dream of Jeannie yeah. with her fucking hair and pants. But it was, uh, they very much, like, exoticized her, which, like, I didn't know that that was totally necessary. But Bianca Lawson's so charming, and the character is really fun as an idea. Yes. That I love Kendra, and I was, like, I it was so sad thinking back, like, how little of Kendra we actually got. Because she really, there was a lot to unpack there that they, like, ran through very quickly. There is, one of the things that I find interesting about Kendra is that in a lot of ways, she does foreshadow Faith because she forces Buffy to think about her not being the only one. And she makes that joke about, like, maybe when I'm done, like, I'll let Kendra take over and I'll be... I mean, you know, this whole episode, What's My Line, is about what is her job or her career. And she says, like, maybe Kendra can take over. And later when Faith comes in, at that point, uh, Joyce knows about Buffy. So she says, have you thought about letting Faith take over and stuff like that? Yeah. But... Buffy is so antagonistic towards Kendra, and I kind of don't get it. Like, Buffy is not a petty character, but she gets really petty around Kendra. Yeah. Like, she thinks that she's coming in on her and Giles' relationship. She, like, doesn't like... She, I just feel like it, it, it's a weird character choice for Buffy to be so threatened. Like, I'd be like, thank God I have someone to help <laughs> yeah. me. Like, well, it's some of her, like, inferiority complex about her superiority complex. It's right, a little true, bit, yeah. like... And it is also fun that when she's young, she feels like a bad girl. When you grow up, even if you're a bad girl in your suburban town, like, Faith shows up and she's like, oh, you want to see bad? She, like, kills people. Right. Buffy's like, I'm the bad girl. I cut class. He's like, I cut class. Faith is like, all my parents are dead and then I, like, kill everyone I love. And I murder people and don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I also think what's interesting in these episodes is that there's, like, a Kendra... Buffy thing that also is like a Spike Angel thing. Like there's like these two versions, these two ways you could go kind of a thing. And I think that's um, was, it was kind of fun. And I think it it illustrates the differences between Buffy and Angel because you have that scene where they're like kissing and you're like, oh my God. And oh my God, Sarah Michelle Gellar laying it on thick. (laughs) Like both of them are. When he's holding Mr. Gordo in her bedroom, I was like, this is so... I mean, I love it, but it was very um, very teenage romance. Well, I, well, I s- say that a lot to you know, like I feel like there are moments where maybe, like, the WB came in and they are like, we still need this to be a WB, like, romance. So we yeah. need, like, <laughs> shots of them in their room. like For maybe, the trailer. Like, right, yeah. maybe he's, next week on Buffy. <laughs> it's like, are you having fun with Mr. Gordo? <laughs> it's like, no, actually, there's a lot that goes on. <laughs> but, like, it, well... Let's talk about the Buffy Angel part of this, because really, one of the things that Ina that and I keep saying is that with Surprise and Innocence, which comes four episodes later, I think it's this, mm-hmm. then Ted and Bad Eggs, and then Surprise and Innocence. Yeah. So really only two episodes later. Um, they haven't actually been, like, super in love this whole yeah, season. Like, the beginning of season two, they try to make it play like they are, like, star-crossed lovers who, like, have always thought the world of each other. But really, What's My Line is the first time that they're, like, overly affectionate with each other. Yeah. Like, I mean, w- talk about laying it on thick. There's that scene, you know, when 
in the ice skating rink where he has his vamp face on and she's like tending to his wound. She's she like, like touches his face. She's like, I didn't even notice. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, girl, like we know you noticed. Like, like, you if noticed. anyone ever touched my face like that, I'd be like, please stop. <laughs> I, like, I'm deeply uncomfortable with how you're touching my face. Also, if I were Angel, I'd be like, why didn't you notice? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't feel seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't the, erase that part of my identity. <laughs> vampire is a part of who I am and you're telling me Oh my god, <laughs> Puppy's like, I don't see vampires. I just, I just see people. <laughs> and Kendra is the racist one. Boom! Yeah! God. <laughs> no, that's, this is Welcome to our problematic podcast. Um, but also, I do think, you're right, I think Kendra is actually pretty charming for the effort they're giving. She yeah. and Bianca Lawson terrible accent and everything I think it like makes her charming and I do think the relationship with Giles is key with that because yes. watching her have like banter with someone and like nerd out that on, on a lot of stuff parts of this show that is a big um, because I think in this show like intelligence is also a key part of vulnerability like they use the two interchangeably yeah. and I think that that was kind of those nice moments where like they're nerding out you're like oh so she's like hot and like Discipline, but she also like loves books. Like they give you a lot of dimensions of her really quickly, which was pretty good. Yeah, that's true. Well, what I think is really interesting about well, I'm I'm always I'm also wondering like okay, she's from somewhere in the Caribbean. They're not obviously not very like they're so Caribbean. bad at telling you. They're, yeah, they're just my like, people. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and she says the calling is very serious with her people. I'm like, okay, how many slayers in the history of the world have been in the Caribbean? Yeah, like in any given country, how many slayers have there been? Yeah. only one at a time usually. And are people in the Caribbean just like, hey, so did you hear about this like vampire slayer? Like, yeah, it just like, seems like it would. Like, if people in Sunnydale don't know, right. I don't think, like, it's openly discussed in other places. Right. And right. it's just, like, so it's taken really serious. So she was torn away from her parents when she yeah. was two. Yeah, tough <laughs> stuff. And it's just, like, it's very... And what if she never got called? It would just be like, mm, sorry, you tell it. <laughs> right. Like, once, they're, once she's 17, they're just like, listen, you haven't been called yet. You're probably not going to be called. Like, you can go live with your parents now. And she's like, who are these people? Uh, There's yeah, a vocational like... program for plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Kendra should take a career test. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I always think of Kendra's accent as clearly not the best. Um, but I always remember looking on, like, I've done this a lot where I've, like, said, like, I'm, like, oh, well, I remember reading this, like, fact on a message board. And, like, all of it's always completely wrong. And I specifically remember, I want to say it was, like, one of those, like, TV guide sites where, like, it had every show and you could, like, you could, it was, like, Wikipedia for TV shows, but, like, you know, in the early internets. And it was, like, I would always go to the Buffy episode pages, and one of them, one of the, like, facts about this episode was, like, oh, people diss Kendra's accent, but actually it's really accurate. <laughs> and, like, I always think about, there's someone, someone somewhere who posted that on the internet to say that, like, her accent was, like, super accurate. <laughs> I feel like that was definitely me when I was, like, 19. <laughs> I was, like, actually, just so you know, they actually, they never retconned that. That was the intention from the beginning. <laughs> but doesn't it feel like a lot of those TV Guide wiki, like, early internet things were built specifically for Buffy fans to, like, go to. Right. It, like, it really felt like there that. was always a lot to look at. Because, like, what else are you going to talk about? Like, X-Files, I guess. But, like, what other show? Like, we really needed to know, like, fun facts about Phoebe from France. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will, I did write down also that Buffy's career test, this is a big, important note. How did it never occur to her or anyone else that, oh, police officer, obviously, is not going to work. You have to be accountable. You have to be in places at times. Right. Like, you can't. But, like, 
did no one think like private investigator Veronica Mars, Jessica Jones, and even when she goes and sees Angel, he's like hours away. It's not like they would be competing businesses. Like yeah. it's a great idea. Open an investigation place for people to bring their problems to you, right? And you solve them with your superpowers and get paid, bitch. Like get PayPal. It was so weird <laughs> to me that that never came up ever. She worked at a fucking burger place and couldn't think like nobody was like, why don't you open a place where people would bring actual problems to you? It's called PayPal.me slash Buffy Summers. <laughs> like, girl, get a URL. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, that's what uh, I think like some of these problems are very true to teenagers, but also like they play out a lot later with like identity and destiny and all this stuff. And um, I, I did really like that. This, this episode I know was written by Marty Noxon because I'm obsessed with Marty Noxon. Um, but it this stuff that's laid down here, it ends up like blossoming in her seasons, season six and seven. And I did kind of like that looking back. Because at the time, I was like... Well, what thing... Like, what groundwork do you think is laid? Like, there's, like, her thinking about, like, what her future is, what she can be, like, what her right. life becomes. And that's what season six is. It's like, who am I now that I'm, like, back from the dead? Like, right. what am... What, like, now that I have died and come back, like, obviously, I'm over <laughs> the idea that, like... I just had a vision of the Buffy season six overlaid with the part in Lemonade where Buffy's like, what will you say at my funeral? I need someone to remix Buffy and Lemonade. I filled my hell mouth with the holy pages. <laughs> but there's a lot of like identity stuff that doesn't get so discussed in like season three. There's not like a ton, like season four definitely is mostly about, it's not really about like, who will I become? It's more like, who am I right, right now? Season four is just all character work, honestly. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of overarching plot. No, there's not. I mean, and season four, I think, had, was struggling for a lot of reasons. <laughs> um, so one of the things, let's let's go back to this. Um, we did talk about Buffy and Angel, but actually I think that this whole two-parter is a lot about, like, I mean, their personal relationships are very much a big part of it. Yeah. Like, so we have Buffy and Angel moving forward, and we have, finally, like, Cordelia and Xander. Oh my god, so exciting. So, let's talk about Cordelia and Xander. What do you find exciting about Cordelia and Xander? I like it because it felt like, oh my god, this show is going to do unexpected stuff. Because we all knew Buffy and Angel was the end game for a while. Yeah, and we yeah. all knew, like, oh, Willow's gonna have a crush on Xander and it will be unrequited because she's a nerd. Like, these were, like, things that it set up while it was playing with other tropes. But it was nice to see this get played with a little bit where there was, like, all right, we'll take our, like, complete bitch and have her used in this unexpected way. Also, it gives us a reason for them to all get together some more. Yeah. Because, like, why Cordelia was always, like, around is, like, an unanswered question. And... I really loved, um, cause that's a real thing. Like, especially when you're in high school, like hate fucking is real <laughs> when you're an adult, but hate saying, love, when you're like hate crushes in high school was a real thing. That's like true. punching people because you don't know how to express how you feel about them. Like you that went to a rough a- and tough school. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like in the first grade, you'd push a girl and they'd right. be like, oh, he has a crush on right, her or whatever. It's classic Helga. Yeah. Yeah. Cord- Cord- Helga Cordelia, Cord- Cordelia is Helga. <laughs> <laughs> But Xander's not Arnold because Arnold's an actual good human. <laughs> so, this, so this podcast is very anti-Xander and very pro-Cordelia. You have to know I'm gonna that. I'm going to fit in perfectly. <laughs> um, so I wrote in my notes, Cordelia, you're doing great, sweetie. 
Um, so yeah, I think that it's really interesting because Xander spends the entire first two seasons like just pretending that every girl around him is an option for him and he yeah. only sees women as like... And getting really mad if they're not. And getting really mad if they're not. And then he's kind of handed like the most popular girl in school, uh, Charisma Carpenter, is one of the most gorgeous people ever. I also put in my notes, astonishingly beautiful. Yeah. Was, is... And especially the is, for a white woman, astonishingly <laughs> beautiful. Like, stunning. <laughs> and, like, sh- and then he, like, gets handed Cordelia, and he, like, just fucking complains about it. I know! Again, it's like, Jesus Christ. And then he, like, puts on a cool shirt, and he's like, look what I did for you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> no, he's, he, he's, he's, it's a fun character thing. Like, I, I find, I, to me, I liked it because it was unexpected, and it told me, like, oh, this show's gonna have levels and stuff like that. Um... But also because it opened Willow up for character growth that's coming very soon. Because when you remove Xander, like, her upset, her like, I have a crush on him and Muffy's my friend. When you <laughs> kind of get those out of the way, then you it opens the playing field to do stuff with Willow, which eventually, like... Well, Willow yeah, and I meet for the first time in this in Well, this episode, and it's so right? weird because they... I think it's one of the first time, one of the only times they do it, where literally Oz is introduced... Two episodes, like in two other episodes, and he doesn't do anything but see Willow and be like, "Oh my god, that girl's so pretty! Oh my god, I have a crush on that girl!" Right. And like, it's very heavy-handed that yeah, like you're definitely. just like, "Okay, they're meeting," but like, it's really weird because it almost feels like so different for the show because we get like literally Oz's perspective on seeing her, and he's especially at that point, no one like. Right. We don't. I know think him. they wanted us to care about them at all and not just see this as a temporary thing yeah because a lot of the show's love interests you can tell if they're temporary or not like we we knew like sky hope was not like going to be the end game like we kind of had a feeling um except i think riley was the only one that 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 like was a little bungled in the i thought this was gonna be more temporary than it was kind of a thing um but i do think like they were like laying groundwork for us to care and i do think that it worked two things i will say about Oz. one um, Seth Green is doing the least work and getting the best <laughs> results out of it. That's he's accurate. easily the best actor on the show and he's doing nothing. <laughs> and that's not speaking poorly about the other actors. That's speaking great about Seth Green. Um, also, he, that scene where he was talking about the animal crackers was so important to me as a young, like, oh my God, very right? bad comedian because I was like, my witticisms and observations will get me play. Like, it, like, blew my mind. I was like, I could be cool for saying my stupid shit. See, I looked at it as important because it was like, I have such a crush on him and this is oh, so Oh, well, charming. that's also true. Yeah, I mean, totally also true. <laughs> but when he sees her behind those curtains... That moment where he looks at her was so convincing. Like, it really, like, touches you in a way that when Angel looks at Buffy, Dave Briannis is still kind of figuring out how to act on this show. Yes. (laughs) He, he, like, smolders. And you're like, all right, I get it. He wants to fuck her. When you see that, I was like, wow, he likes this girl. And it was like, ugh. Seth Green. <laughs> no, I love Oz. I'm so excited. I always say that Oz, Oz and Faith were the because I started watching season three were like the reason I got into the show because I wanted to be Faith and I wanted to date Oz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was obsessed. I was obsessed, obsessed with Faith and Eliza Dushko. But another person who like was figuring out how to act on the show. And now looking back, I'm like, well, she was cool because of the stuff they like painted around her. Whereas Kendra is cool because Bianca Lawson's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think. Well, I, I mean, we're getting. But I, I think that the thing about Eliza Dushku is that I always kind of um, 
I liken it to being like in a choir. Like uh, she has a very tiny range, and when she's in that range, she's like she's, an amazing. Yeah. She's like an operatic soprano or whatever. Yeah. But like her range is like five notes, and like but when she's in it, she's great. When she's outside of it, it's like no girl. We were just saying this about Peter Gallagher last night. Was that we were <laughs> we saw Peter Gallagher in something, and I was like, when he does this one specific thing, you're like, God, I love Peter Gallagher. He shouldn't step outside that specific <laughs> box. Right. Like, if you watch Bring It On, Missy from Bring It On is fake. Oh, so without, good, though. Without being able to be a slayer. <laughs> like, it's the same thing. They were basically like, you know that character you do on Bobby? Like, can you come do it for Bring It On? Yeah. And Kirsten Dunst is Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> <laughs> really Welcome great. to the Bring It On cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, half the cast of Bring It On was on Buffy. So. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I... So... I also, I don't know. I now I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, also, going on the like couples that you know, mm-hmm. I always felt like Cordelia or Cordelia and Xander were also a couple that like you weren't really like, you know. I actually, I mean, Xander's trash, but I think they found a note for him that plays with him well. A lot of the female characters in that show dating him would have been a very difficult experience to write and watch. But they found something for him that plays off him well, which he needs a strong woman who will take not take his bullshit and also doesn't come with so much baggage. That's true. Right. Because the, he's a pile of baggage. If you think of the two people who have dated him, they're like basically two of my favorite characters in the show. It's Cordelia and yeah. Anya. And they both... And the Cordelia relationship sets him up to be likable in the Anya thing mm. at least a little bit. Because he... Yes. They both actually fulfill the same role and, the, and we've talked about this is that like Anya becomes a bigger part of the show once Cordelia is gone yeah. because you need someone that's not part of the core three who like actually understands everything that's going on because there's many times where Anya gives the Greek chorus commentary yes. yeah. and that's what Cordelia does too she like comes in and she's like um, you're all geeks like what the fuck do you think you're doing <laughs> yeah. in high school and Anya's the one who's been alive for millennia and like understands the world a little bit more Yeah. Um, and so it's very interesting that Xander is paired with both of them because he almost has, like, he's a complete, naive dumbass. Yeah. And he actually, like, seeks well, that's out women it, yeah, who are much smarter Yeah, he needed someone him. who could tell him, like, you have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Because he's so, he thinks that he is the Greek chorus. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. thinks he is so funny and smart and clever. Because he's he the one who sees everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, whatever. And, like, one of my favorite Cordelia lines is in Killed by Death, where she says... Tact is just saying, like, what is it? Tact is just saying stuff that's not Untrue, true. Untrue, yeah. Untrue. I'll pass. That could be an Anya line. Like, right. that really yeah. could be an Anya line. Well, it's also, like, putting all of Joss Whedon's Whedonisms into a specific character because they needed a place to put it because yeah. they couldn't spray it all over everything, <laughs> even though I think it would be great if he did. Um, um, also, this episode is the first one that they're referred to as the Scoobies. Oh, yeah. that's cute. Yeah. It's so important. For me, I, I thought it was, like, all the time. Yeah, I never really noticed when it started, but I, I, I remember too at the time that being um, one of the things that made the show so cool was that it was like aware of pop culture. Yeah. Like it was willing to say like, oh, we're similar to this thing because it didn't detract from it, which was, um, uh, I don't know, that's an interesting thing. You know what's interesting about this too, so and we were just talking about this with Surprise and Innocence too, is that the first part, actually, there's not too much happens in the first part. And then the second part, everything happens. Like, yeah. like I mean, because we just find out at the very end, like the last line of What's My Line Part 1 is, my name is Kendra the Vampire Slayer. So the entire relationship between Giles and Kendra and all of pe- everyone's yeah. relationship with Kendra happens in the second episode. The whole plot to save Angel from being like, die- from dying to bring back Drusilla happens in the second episode. 
Cordelia and Xander, I think, hook up for the first time in the second episode. I'm not sure. Like, don't quote me on that. But I think it's in the second. They meet the bug guy for the yeah, first time yeah, in the first. Yeah, yeah, Because then they get, like, trapped. Yeah. But, like, it's all... It's I mean, Joss is just, like... The first episode is just, like, moving puzzle pieces. And then it's just, like, the second one is very tightly done to where every sec- every minute, like, something important happens. Um, well, that's, actually that's the- interesting about Buffy because Buffy is both a serialized show and an episodic show. Whereas nowadays, if you make, like, a six-episode series on HBO, like, it would just all be these episodes. Right. And instead, you have these little pockets of, like, two-parters, and, like, here's plot's gonna develop, and then we're gonna go back to Ted and, like, Bad Eggs, which yeah. doesn't, like... No, no, I will fight you on that. Bad <laughs> Eggs is an amazing episode. I'm not saying they're bad episodes! I'm just saying that they don't, like, other than the Buffy bot, they don't really lay, lay any seeds for other yeah, stuff. Ted is, Ted is not that good. Ted is not, but Bad Eggs, I'll fight you on. It does, it lays a lot of eggs. eggs. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I would agree with that, yeah. Um, also, Kendra says, I don't know, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of stuff where almost Kendra is also the chorus in this, where, like... Well, she's one of the few people, besides Xander, who's like, why isn't anyone killing Angel? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She's just like, um, this is like a ticking time bomb. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that ends up being true. If like, she were, yeah. I would love to, like, if they had brought Kendra in for surprise and innocence. Yeah. Like, they were like... Like, Giles gets on the phone, he's like, Kendra, it's Buffy's birthday, you should, like, come up. <laughs> well, how weird is it that she leaves, too? Like, I know to not understand what Kendra's going home to do. She's like, no family. Like, Right. I'm just, I, that's the thing. If if Sunnydale is the mystical convergence of all evil in the world. Or go to Cleveland. Right. There's or shit go to, to do. Like, don't go back to in un, nondescript Caribbean place. Like, come fight <laughs> vampires with me. Yeah. Like, and like, where's her watcher? Could you imagine if someone had sent... Like, Faith had to run away from her, like, whole, like, life and everything, and they had to track her down and give her a watcher again. Where is her watcher for this whole trip? Was the watcher just like, listen, I have, like, a ton of errands. If you could just, like, make this a <laughs> three-day just, weekend like, thing. Can you just, like, go to Sunnydale? <laughs> I'm gonna stick back, but I totally trust you. Um, I have to like, this, like, Hootie and the Blowfish thing. <laughs> my schedule is packed this week. Literally, like, the, they, they have public libraries. <laughs> Send me an email. I'll get you back in a couple days. Um, but yeah no it just makes no sense like especially like Buffy should be like oh by the way like this this vampire who's killed two slayers is here why don't you just stick back and like help me don't worry wink wink you won't die or anything (laughs) but I mean to be fair Buffy would never ask for help yeah but I think by the end she she um by the end, she understands, like, that she... I mean, her and Kendra like each other by the end. Speaking of the never ask for help thing, they're like, there's a squad of assassins coming after you, and Buffy's like, <gasps> and she, like, disappears, they can't find her. It's like, if one person in this town needs one, like, needs a beeper, I mean, it is Buffy. <laughs> like, if, if one person in this town needs to be able to be reached at any time, it is Buffy Summers. Even if she doesn't want to pay for it, put a few dollars together every month and get her a beeper. Wait, what episode is it? Is it in season one? Yeah. Where she's like, beep me. Yeah. So where's her beeper? Yeah, we never see that again. Well, it's really weird that this show takes longer to get to cell phones. Yeah. Like, Angel season it's one. It's like season seven that she's yeah. like, I got a cell phone. <laughs> Angel season one takes place during Buffy season four and Angel and Cordelia have cell phones immediately. But these existed in the world. Yeah. Do you know? Like, right. <laughs> um, I will say when she does disappear and she goes to Angel's apartment, I would fuck anyone that owned that apartment. That is a fuckable apartment. Everything about it is just like, I top. 
Like, <laughs> everything about that apartment. The desk situation, I was like, this is a beautiful, like, workspace. And also, when's Angel working on at his desk? Oh my God. <laughs> right. He's like, like what? He doesn't have a computer. Like, no. Is he, is it's he like writing? his correspondence. No, he's probably writing a fucking novel. <laughs> like, taking, like, set in, like, Ireland. It's letters to his old self. <laughs> like, like, he's working on this, like, vampire letters version of, like, Angela's Ashes or something. <laughs> he's like, then during the Boxer Rebellion. Right. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's like a memoir. It's like, oh man, he, it's so vivid. Like, how did this guy... Also, so a thing they never address is what are they curing Drusilla? So Yeah, Drusilla... I don't even remember them telling her, us she was sick. I knew she was crazy. She was weak. I think they say a few times that she's weak. And I, well, and so I... Xander! <laughs> they say something. They really... She, doesn't they say that something happened to her in Prague? They keep bringing it up. Well, they say up. something happened. Yeah, right, they so don't... they don't say what it is, but they do say that she's weak because something happened to her in Prague, but they don't say what it is. Um, it felt like that and the anointed one thing were like, ah, oh, we don't know what to do with these plot threads yeah, that we like, introduce. There'll be a thing. But I did like that they switched at the end. Yes. Drew and Spike, like, who is sick. I did not see that at the time, but I do kind of like that, like, reversal of power. Yeah, which but is It's so funny, funny, though, Drew yeah. being the one who's strong, because even when she's strong, like, she's Drew is a very crazy. awkward fighter. Yeah. yeah she, she can't is. really fight. I mean, she does. She's always like, fighting with her pinky nail. <laughs> right. And it's just, so she, it's very awkward. Um... But, I mean, it's very important that they put Spike in that chair for the rest of the season. Yes. And, then, and I will say Juliet Landau is amazing. Oh that accent work is a little rough at the mo- at moments, but she is such a good actress. She's it's so good. crazy. She's doing so much acting. Her line readings, if you just saw them written out, yeah. would be, you'd be like, all right, who the fuck is writing this? Right. When she reads them, you're like, wow, poetry. Right? <laughs> Beat poetry. It's funny. My One of my best friends like growing up, her... Favorite Harry Potter character is Bellatrix. She always loves, like, the, like, crazy... A damaged one. A damaged bird. Yeah. And so she... Drusilla is, like, her favorite Buffy villain of all time. And she'll, like, always say Drusilla and Bellatrix are, like, her two favorite fictional, like, female characters. Um, Which I guess makes sense. But, like, this rewatch, I've been like, wow, she is a really good... Like, I have... So a friend in LA went to like some like acting school. And she, like, taught there. And he was like, oh, one of my teachers was on Buffy. And I was like... Who and he told me it was Juliet Landau and I was like that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like I feel like she would be a good teacher to be. She's just very method. Like everything she says has a very clear motivation and it's very clear intention. I also love actually her acting. She it's very hard and Cordelia um, Chris McCarmeter doesn't always succeed in it. And Angel, it's very hard to act like you're having a vision. Yeah, she is very good at it. Like she gets that. She's no Alyssa Milano. She like looks up at the stars and like she has like her whole body shakes and it feels like she has this impending sense of whatever. She's very good at her vision. Yeah. Speaking of, they drop the whole like Buffy has prophecies thing. I don't think they needed to. It was a nice like. I wish they would have contributed. I mean, they would have continued it. So, I read a fan theory online, and I loved fan theories. I read a fan theory online that um, Drusilla... There's a fan theory that Drusilla may have been a potential slayer, and that's why she has prophecies and Whoa. visions. And that's why, like, yeah. So that she was, like, Angel killed her, and she was a potential slayer. I could totally buy that. Oh, speaking of, we didn't even get to crucial sexual development for me watching that like rough torture of Drusilla to Angel when she was like <laughs> pouring holy water like it was hot wax 
Oh my god. Not also, only is that sexy as hell, I, I like it because it's not just cruelty for cruelty's sake. It's so character motivated because of like, right. their history. Yeah. Right. Uh, that, so, of all the gibberish that Drill Silla says over the entire <laughs> series, the gibberish when she's pouring holy water on him is some of the best. Where she's when like, she was listing foods that her she family was like, ate? They ate milk and eggs and cakes. <laughs> like, they're just like... And she tells, tells him to bite your tongue and stuff. I'm just like, oh when my she's god. she's like is... barking at him and he's like, yeah, you're gonna have it rough. I was just like, like, Charlotte's Angel was important to me for a lot of reasons, but that was like a crucial I was like, oh, there's, they're playing with power. <laughs> you know what's one of the interesting things that I wished, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, if we could go back and maybe change the way the season goes out a little bit, is that the power differential at the end obviously does change with Drusilla becoming strong and Spike becoming weak. And then you have Ted and Bad Eggs, and then Surprise and Innocence. Um, Angel becomes the big bad so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, what you're getting is the first time that the big... Like, for those two episodes, like, Drusilla is the problem. Yeah. Like, Spike is true. weak, and Drusilla is the main villain. And she's the one who thinks to get the judge. Yeah. Like, really, the judge is all And long term, I mean... Spike obviously, you know, has extenuating circumstances that keeps him from doing damage. But long term, Drusilla does a lot more like carnage and horrifying things over the arc of the Buffyverse. Like the like horrifying things that she puts into motion, and like uh, just even stuff with Darla. Like it's just all she. People underestimate her, I think, because of her oh, like, yeah. childlike manner. Yeah, and I think that because I mean maybe there's some mental illness stigma right. but like, <laughs> but like because they think that she's not smart because maybe she's not all there. Yeah, but like. She is. She executed the plan that really should have killed Buffy. Like, there's no reason a Slayer should have a fucking bazooka. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. She really did think that True. that would kill her. And so I really think that Drusilla has a really brilliant evil mind. And yeah. that, it, that that's really glossed over. And, like, the fact where... Whereas, like, Angel's evil, we're all... He's always, like, atoning for all these horrifying things. Angelus was, like, a total dick to Buffy. But, like... He was such a small-scale evil. He was like, I'm going to be really mean to this bitch. But, like, like, he wasn't thinking, like, let's build a doomsday, like, monster. (laughs) Like, at no point does he ever really do that. He's like, let's kill Willow's fish. (laughs) Whose idea is Akathala? Is it, um... Is it Drusilla's or is it Angel's or is it everyone's? I don't remember that. We'll, We'll talk about it later. But, I mean, Drusilla really does have a lot of good plans. Yeah. And she doesn't get her credit as a villain, um, cause True. she's, I think that she really is like more fucked up in the head and, and, and like, you know, she, she has a better vision of evil. I also do appreciate that these seasons, the big monsters were vampires. I do like, like that. I like that we branch off of that, but it is nice because it makes them a real threat because when you have Buffy just patrolling graveyards and like slaying people, right. it's not so much of like a, um, it's more of a, a like routine threat. It's like keeping your herpes in check versus like Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, I think you're right because the the big bad of season three is the first time that a big bad is not a vampire. It's like yeah. this mayor, which is like mind blowing for like you're like what? Right. And then that lays the groundwork because then you'll have a cyborg, a god, yeah, life itself, <laughs> and then the first. So you'll never. I never buy that life itself thing. I truly will continue to say I I know that it is like from a plot perspective. But I do think Willow is low-key, like, playing, like, all this, like, dark... The structure of the series is, like, Willow playing that part. Right. I think even though that, like, Willow Willow ends up playing the part of the big bad, like, she's the one who wants to end the world. Yeah, yeah. But, like, even then, it's, like, 
outside of it, like if you really want to extend the metaphor of drug addiction it's like the addiction is like she has this illness yeah and it's like her trying to fight it yeah so i don't even like blame her it's like she hasn't and like that is something that and happens. buffy's depression obviously is the main monster she's like right fighting for that. but but um yeah so is there anything else from i mean you have a, like, i have some stray like, observations that i will send out stray observations. just just we okay. don't even need to discuss them let's just like fire through them okay um why did nobody call Giles about Buffy being dead? It seems like that's a really bad chain of command. Wait, when you, what do you mean when Buffy's dead? They sent Kendra over. They know Kendra oh, right. exists. And nobody's like, hey, how's everything going? I heard your Slayer died. Right. Like, nobody, like, talks to him. Yeah. They don't find out until Kendra shows up. That's very odd. Um, this is an episode that still contains the scream in the intro song, which I will go back and reinsert with my own voice every time I watch the show that doesn't have it. Um... Uh, Angel's so old. He's so old. It's cradle robbing. Um, vampires having no reflection was a mis- mistake by production. They should have just said that they do because that was a lot of planning had to go into that. Yeah. That was like unnecessary. Well, they they play on that a few times because they. I I was watching Bed Eggs recently and she sees that um, Lyle Gorch is going after someone because she's at the mall and he's on the escalator. And she sees that he's a vampire because he doesn't have a reflection. Yeah, it's like a fun thing. I just mean from like a having to but do the this, work. Right, but in this episode... If you're a crew member, you're like, oh my right, god. In this episode of them sitting on her bed and then going to the reflection, is yeah. so like, okay, we get it. That like, was you don't really need to do yeah. that. It, it was like, if, in case you've never seen the show before. It plays no... It has no like larger purpose. Buffy's hair was very trendy, but ugly. And her eyebrows were too thin. Um, I wh- think Buffy season two hair is iconic. But okay. I like it, but it was very like Rachel, where it was like this one person can wear this haircut, nobody else tried. I, yeah, I was gonna say I know you like it, Matthew. It's funny because so like the you know all the covers for our podcast are my action figure photography because I'm a crazy person, and the Buffy figure has that like season two bob, and I'm always like that figure looks boring. Like it's just, <laughs> I will say but, it's season five hair, the like bouncy joy of like yeah. that. I uh, think three and five have the best uh, hair. Buffy season two earrings are the inspiration for my Buffy earrings. Oh, I love her earrings. These, because Buffy's Well, she has two, them forever, right? She has them forever, but she changes them. This specific arrangement oh, okay. is season two arrangement. No, I love her earrings. Um, why doesn't Giles have a library card? He's always carrying stacks of books. <laughs> like library cards are a real thing. They should invest in that. Um, uh, th- oh, we had job fairs back when we had jobs. Zing! Trump's America. Um, what else did I write? Uh, this is the most iconic figure skating on television since Jill Zarin. Um, what else do I have? Yeah, Jill she- Zarin does. Well, no, well, oh, Buffy Jill- figure skate. And, and so does Jill Zarin. Right. And so does Sarah Michelle, I guess. Because it's yeah, very Sarah obvious on Buffy when you body double. And yeah. Not she's body- not body And she's always doing the same like two moves over and over. It was like, Buffy was like, I remember how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kendra deserved a spinoff more than anyone else on this show, except why is she wearing hoop earrings to a fight? <laughs> I mean, I think about that a lot because those two would be ripped out. Like, immediately. Yeah. Um, what else do I have? Don't Warn the Tab Poles is an iconic line. It um, is. That I love. Uh, they throw the word gypsy around a lot on this show. Okay, we, I mean, Buffy has a, a long history of racism, and the way that they treat gypsies, I mean, like the Romani people on 
this show. Like, it is fucking it's tough criminal. Stuff. It's it is fucking tough criminal. Stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, and like we discussed this with Inca Mummy Girl. They're not really good at. Like, oh, another really like. They're just like, ooh, South Americans, bad magic. Like, ooh, <laughs> Africans, bad magic. They turn you into hyenas. Yeah. Ooh, Romani people, don't go near them. We'll take away your soul, girl. Like, it's yeah, it's like, like everything out of a, outside of an American mall is gonna, like, eat you. <laughs> right. Yeah. White uh, people from Sunnydale are great. <laughs> <laughs> um, Angel's hair, still attractive to me today. I don't understand it either. Yes. Um, what else do I have on this list? Queen C is a great license plate, but that car is an ugly clunker. <laughs> um, there was a shooting at this high school. Nobody made a big deal out of it. <laughs> That's really the most disturbing part. Yeah. Oh, Kendra's makeup in the last scene of these two episodes is amazing. <laughs> I don't know who did her face, but she came in early and she was like, girl, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> it looks so good. I like to think that in universe, Cordelia was like, let me fix that. <laughs> oh, so one With thing, the free samples. Sorry. One thing, one thing I want to bring up is um, this episode is the first time because there's the first time we're seeing two slayers it's the first time that we're getting a glimpse into what will eventually be like the mythology of Buffy and why she's the best slayer yeah um because that comes up a lot when the first slayer comes in black um, emotions the first friends. the first black person on the show that's probably good that's like a, a force for good <laughs> um but there's a lot of weird colonialist tones to like her being there but like um I think it's really interesting when they have that scene where Buffy's like telling Kendra that you need passion and Kendra's like, no, you must fight by the book. You must do kick here, kick there. And like she tries to get her angry because it's the first time that they're hinting that Buffy like actually has the keys to do well. And one of the other things that that shows that is that this isn't the first time because we've discussed this. Like I think some assembly required did this, but like everyone comes together in the final yes. fight. There's literally no reason this for Willow. This was a great like, fight. Like, Willow goes into the fucking lion's den. I'm like, girl, you're wearing overalls. <laughs> you are not equipped. But she does dust a vamp. She at the does. Very end. Like, Giles is holding a vamp and, like, she dusts it. But I'm like, there's really no reason for Willow to go there. Like, but it was a great, fun set piece fight, I will say. Like, yes. I remember watching this and thinking, like, this is epic. In the way that the, um, the, uh, rocket launcher so so was so epic to me and then looking back it's like we get to such big stuff that it's yeah. like not that epic yeah. I mean I still think the rocket launcher is <laughs> <absolutely> <laughs> epic <laughs> but uh yeah no I think like I remember th- this was on so the me and Joe Reed have discussed this because we're both around <clears throat> the same age um <laughs> how Buffy had like the VHS before there was like DVD sets and it would just be like I think eight episodes like the iconic com- episodes yeah and this was on there and I would watch this so often because I really did like that all of them fought together, even though yeah. it really doesn't make sense for all of them to be there. <laughs> I really like anything where it's like, well, it's those togetherness to themes. Yeah. And also, like, Faith, the whole thing with this is, like, Buffy's like, you need your emotions, you need to be a human being as well as a slayer, to Kendra. But then Faith is too base emotion. She's right. too human. Yeah, yeah. Buffy's like, in the middle. Like, yeah. Kendra's by the books. Buffy, Faith is like, I only go by emotion, and I just want to murder fucking people. <laughs> and then Buffy's, like, somewhere between books and murder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do we grade this episode? Oh, yes. We always do episode grades, A through F. I would we can, do, a, we I would, can do part one and part two separately if you okay. want. Okay. I am going to do them as a whole, um, and this is an average. I give it a B plus. Part one, I think, is like a C, and part two, I think, is like an A, but I think it needs a stronger villain. Those, like, the, the those like assassins was not a very good motivation. Thorfaga is crap. Yeah. So boring. I would actually say this is a, you know, it's like one of those things where... 
it's greater than the sum of its parts because yeah. there's so many things that I feel like are actually not working in this two-parter. Well, it benefits too from a rewatch where you're like, I see where this is all yeah, going. Yeah, definitely. Right. At the time, I, I at the time, absolutely, I was bored by this. <laughs> um, but I think too, at the time, you don't understand, you don't appreciate the like character stuff they're laying down. You're more like, all right, they're just giving them stuff to do. This is also like one of the few times that Buffy does a two-parter in the middle of this of the season for no reason. Yeah, like yeah. two-parters are usually. Well, they had a lot of shit to get to. That they yeah. were like, we gotta really get to this. Like, yeah. um, move, move, move. But um, I would give it. I would actually maybe give it a B, and I'm usually a very easy grader, but I would give it like a B. Yeah, I, I think Kendra for me raises the whole thing like a letter I think grade. I think I might give it a B as well. I think like. I think I agree with Ryan. The first part I would give like a C, and the second part I would give like a B plus A. So I would still. I think mine is like B B minus and B plus, so it's just like average out to B. I think it's all in that that area of like B minus. The first one is a little bit more boring because it's just watching chess pieces move, and then the second one has all the action, but still it doesn't like to me move the needle that much, and like. I mean, if anything, it does give us evil Drew also, like Drew getting strong and stuff, but it's just not enough. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Well, thanks for listening and thanks for being here, Ryan. Oh, of course. How can people find you on the internet? I'm at Ryan Houlihan on Twitter where there's just like nonsense. It's like bits of uh, if Drusilla only watched Bravo. And then... um, (laughs) That's accurate. (laughs) And then um, I'm at Ryan Houlihan on Instagram, which is just a drawing of a lady every day. Oh, yeah. And they're great. And I really love seeing those. Um, The first one was Buffy. Oh, first God. one is Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't even. Buffy. I don't even remember that. I probably did see that, but I don't even remember the first one being Buffy. But I love that. Um, <laughs> I'm Ian X Carlos on Twitter, and and you can find me on Twitter at Matthew with one T, and then Rodriguez with a G and a Z. So um, at Matthew Rodriguez. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.